Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. Hey, Lockie. Hey. Hey. Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Can you hear me all right? Yep. Oh, how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Lockdown yeah. life? Yeah, I know. Another lockdown. My goodness. I'm not going to complain you... though. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I reckon it'll be seven days or? Nah, I think it's, uh, I actually think it'll be more, but we'll see. Mm, okay. I feel like if I think it's going to be more, then I won't be let down if it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, what are you more. thinking? I hope it's just seven days because I meant to go to Hamilton Island on Queen's birthday. Oh. So I'm really hoping for seven days. Bad. All right, I'll hope for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's insane because you're meant to be away this weekend as well, huh? Yep. So well, that sucks. At least you get to hang out with Olive, but she's happy. Yep, she's very happy. <laughs> yep. I feel like Victor knows as well. He's in the best mood this morning. <laughs> you should have seen him. He got up. He's like, hey, everyone, like running around. <laughs> Maybe he's responsible. Yeah, hundred percent. I I honestly think he knows and he loves just lockdown life because he knows yeah. he's gonna be with me now for like seven full days. Yeah, that's great. Um, but I've actually got something so funny to tell you. Mm. You know, do you ever feed? Um, I was gonna say Lockie, my God. <laughs> do you ever feed Olive like meat? Yeah, like actual meat. Like, have you given her like a like a slice like a slice of steak or something like just something meaty? Yeah. Not stay because you know what I fi- fi- like find Victor, you're going to laugh so hard, does the worst farts <laughs> if he has meat. Like so bad. Like literally <laughs> like your nostrils feel like they're being assaulted. That it is so bad. I cannot give him any meat. He can have chicken but he can't have meat. And I'm like, I don't know if this is at like normal abnormal. I have no idea. Well, Olive doesn't really fart, so <laughs> That's I'm, very ladylike. I'm, I'm never really nervous. <laughs> Victor definitely farts. And it's only when he's had meat, so um, like really bad. I'm like, oh my god, I'm never giving him meat again. Oh, poor little Vic. I know, because I was like, has he done something inside? But no, it was just him. That's so funny. How funny is that? But anyway, <laughs> I thought you'd love that. <laughs> love it. Yes, but oh. this is a massive case this week. Yep, it is. I have been like knees deep in it mm-hmm. since I messaged you last week. I was like, yeah. this is a huge one. Yeah, and I hadn't heard of this before. This is oh, new. Because obviously last week we were talking about we need to find like a male victim because mm. uh, we were definitely doing a lot of females. But we, <laughs> I saw this one and I was like, because I feel like none of our, like none of the podcasts I listen to have actually covered it. Yeah. In this case. Um, so I hadn't I hadn't really heard of it either, but let me tell you, it is huge. I cannot believe it's not as in it's not as popular as um others because there's so much information and so much craziness surrounding the case. Yeah. Well I so I listened to that podcast series that you told me to listen to, which was good. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, short episodes, whatever. I mean I besides that I couldn't get past the fact of the guy's voice, <laughs> I couldn't really focus. <laughs> but, we um, will have, you have to tell everyone what you messaged me because I was dying yeah sorry I there's a I mean people will know s- shortly but the podcast that we 
listened to for this case um, was like a mini series. It had like eight episodes. And the guy that does it is from Tech. I think he's from Texas, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I think he's really well known, like a really well known reporter. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I just couldn't couldn't sway from the fact that I thought he sounded like Dale from Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't focus because it just didn't seem like it, I don't know. I just couldn't focus properly and I kept laughing and I kept but it was good other than that. <laughs> I think his name's uh Skip Hollingsworth. Yeah. It's so a very reporter he, name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. I feel like you could literally make a movie about him. Like it's a Skip, like, and you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, something <laughs> his voice definitely sounds like, um, what's his name? Dale, uh, Dale. Yeah, definitely does. So funny. And even when I was listening to it, like, I felt like, like, you know, if you close your eyes, maybe it is the way he, um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, was presenting. I felt like if I closed my eyes, I could picture everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because of his, yeah, yeah, um, accent. But I loved it, I did like it. It was a short, quick series, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So we will recommend that at the end, definitely, to take a listen. It's been more than two years since Thomas Brown disappeared, and tonight the Brown family and the community of Canadian are getting some closure. The remains of missing Canadian teen Thomas Brown have been found. Thanks for joining us this evening. It's continuing coverage of our breaking news tonight. The 18-year-old was last seen November 2016. As we first reported earlier this evening, investigators from multiple different law enforcement agencies confirm his remains have been found. Private investigators confirmed the remains were Browns through dental records. His family was notified this afternoon. He was last seen getting gas in Canadian back in 2016. It was on the eve of Thanksgiving. Human remains were found this past Wednesday near Lake Marvin, which is about 19 miles east of Canadian. Investigators confirmed the remains were that of Thomas Brown this afternoon. Um, but this week we will be discussing the case of Tom, Thomas Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I'll call him Tom throughout this episode because I feel like uh, that's his yeah, mum does call him, called yeah, him. Yeah. Tom. And a lot of the stuff I found, um, they were referring to him as Tom. Yeah. So Tom Brown was an 18-year-old senior and he lived in Canadian, Texas. Oh, this confused me at the beginning because I was like, why is this Dale calling it Canadian? Doesn't he mean Canada? Yes. <laughs> and then I realised it was the town name. I know how funny that, and even when I'm saying Canadian, I'm like in my head, I want to say Canada, you know, yeah. what I mean? like it's just, I keep, cause obviously it's such a small little town. It's something mm. that is not familiar to us at all. Um, but yeah, it's actually called Canadian. Yeah. In Texas. Yep. So it's a really small town. There's under 3000 people that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be like a lot of prominent families there. Oh, that okay. Are, that are like, um, yeah, it must be like, I think there's like, must be like a little Republican family, like a, um, I don't know if he's on the Senate or something. Oh, like in government. In government. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, I don't know if there's like oil fields, like families, families that have just been there forever. Like, you know, their great, great grandparents live there and they just sort of carried on their businesses. Yeah. Um, so Tom lived with his mum and his stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also had a brother, but his brother was away at college. 
And his brother actually, so this all takes place the night before Thanksgiving in 2016. And at the time, his brother was visiting um, home. So Thanksgiving is late November. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. November, yeah, 20. Oh, this this particular um, one was November. I don't know if it changes actually oh, every year. Oh. I have no idea. But um, this particular Thanksgiving, so it was November 23rd, 2016 was the night before. So it was yep. Thanksgiving was on the 24th. Sorry, that's yep. the okay. most confusing way to tell you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know, as I said, because I'm not 100% sure if it changes every year. You know, like with some of our – public holidays don't they change like depending change, on the day like, yeah, Easter like Easter. Changes. Yeah. yeah 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 whereas other things like obviously July 4th but for the Americans that never changes so I'm not sure how this one works though yeah um so Tom was a really popular guy he fit in with everyone from jock jocks sorry to like drama to I think he was like a spelling whiz as well so he had like a really wide group of friends and he was the class president for two years in a row mm-hmm. and he played football didn't he yes. as well yes, so, so he was he, like he was like that jock type but he was also like a bit nerdy as well yes he exactly. was kind of just yeah and I think that's why that he, he was so popular. He was class president two years in a row and everyone describes him as being really funny and caring, like that caring personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were two big changes um, leading up to Tom's disappearance. Um, so one is that he had broken up with his girlfriend, Paige. Mm-hmm. Um, this I don't think though was, I mean, it was a big deal because obviously it was his girlfriend, but the story is that they were in a long distance relationship and with Tom finishing school and then going off to college, I guess he wasn't going to be going off to college like towards her. They'll actually be further distance. So Mm -hmm. in the end, I think they decided to separate, but they still did remain friends. And I think they were in contact and I think Paige had sent him like a really nice letter or he had sent Paige like a real, uh, really nice, do you know what I mean? Like a letter after their sort of breakup. So there was no hard feelings or anything involved with the breakup. Was it, wait, was, was her name Paige or Sage? Ooh. Cause I feel like I heard Sage, but the accents are so thick. Shit. Now, oh, I should double check that. But, um, I have written Sage. Let me Google. Sorry. No, I've, I've written Paige. Okay. You, you Google it though. Cause I don't want to, um, um, yeah. So um, that was one of the big changes that he was going through. Another big change is that he had quit the football team. Oh. So this again, they say, like, obviously, do you know what I mean? He'd been playing football for a really long time, but he had been demoted to the seconds um, that year. So I think that his thinking was, I don't want to waste time if I'm not actually playing for the team. So that's mm. why he had quit. Like, obviously, he's got, like, other – I guess, as I said, like, he's in the drama club. I'm pretty sure he was in the play, like, his school – I don't know if you call it play or – as I said, so he did have a lot of other things going on and a lot of other activities that he was involved with. So, I mean, I don't think it's that much of a big deal and apparently he didn't think it was that much of a big deal. Um, And he obviously had better things to do with his life. So, like, what's the point of doing mm. all this training? I think it was, like – every day or whatever it was when, do you know what I mean, he's not even playing for the actual team. Yep. Sorry, did you find if it was Sage? Um, yeah, it's Sage. Sage, oh. Sage Pennington. You might have to correct me because I've got a feeling I've written Sage all over the place. <laughs> no, Paige all over the place. <laughs> um, 
But yes, so so on Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2016, the night before Thanksgiving, Tom hangs out with his friends. So during the day, I think he had spent it like with his mum and his brother who was home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and he had arranged with his brother Tucker that he was going to watch a movie when he got home that evening. But um, which would have been quite late, but he had planned to go out like cruising with his friends. So they first cruise around. So Tom first cruises around with Caleb and Michael. Mm-hmm. So Tom's the one driving and they do like, they the kids call it like Tom's loop. So Tom sort of has like a specific route that he takes around when they, uh, I guess when they're driving around. So I'm guessing it's like a really small town. So there's yeah, nothing... we, we used to do that in Warnable. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, we had Manies, which was down the main street, or Beaches, where you'd go down to the beach and yes. you'd drive back. <laughs> yeah, so I guess for a small town, there's not much to do. So they usually, like the kids just sort of like cruise around, listen to music, um, get food and things like that. So they cruise around and around 8 p.m., the boys meet with their friend Christian. So Christian's a girl mm-hmm. and she's home from college. She's a year older than, than the boys, so she's home from college also for Thanksgiving. So they meet around 8 p.m. So now Tom, sorry, Michael calls it a night. Mm -hmm. So he leaves and Caleb and Tom jump into Christian's car. Okay. So Tom's car's left there at the car car park. And I'm quite sure Michael's got his car. Sorry, Michael and Caleb all have their cars there. So Michael takes his car, leaves. Caleb and Tom leave their car at the middle school. So this is the Canadian middle school car park where they meet. Mm-hmm. And they all jump into Christian's car. Yep. And then, um, yeah, so they go again, cru- go cruising around. Um, so it, Christian has said that it's a complete normal sort of night. They sort of spend the night just chatting, listening to music. I know that they had stopped out and sort of gone for a little walk. I think there's like a bridge or something along there. It must be where like the kids hang out and stuff. Um, and Christian had taken a video and a photo of Tom that night. So that's the last known actual photo and um, video of Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that night that they are cruising, there is, and I know, I mean, it's not a big deal, but I did want to put it in there that there is, apparently Tom had requested to play some songs like while they're cruising around from yeah. his favourite band. So I think it's the Avett Brothers, mm-hmm. which I hadn't heard of, but I did listen to the song. Um, one of the songs is called No Hard Feelings. Yep. At about 11 p.m., Christian's getting quite tired, so she decides to drive the boys back to their car. Yep. So as I said, they're parked at the Canadian Middle School car park. Yep. So Caleb leaves mm-hmm. and Christian and Tom sort of just sit in the car, in her car, just like chat for a little bit, like catching up. Um, they make plans for the following day. Uh, Christian invites Tom to come over for Thanksgiving, uh, for the evening to play pool and things like that. Um, I think she had invited Caleb as well. So just like a little hangout for Thanksgiving. And they also, so Christian and Tom also make plans or speak about like him coming up to visit her at Oklahoma state. That's where she's at college. Yep. So they make the plans, um, and then they sort of head their separate way. So this is around 11.26. They part ways. Yep. So at 11.28, Tom fills up his car mm-hmm. and he uses like, so his mum, just before he went out that evening, he'd asked his mum if she, if he could use her um, like 
debit card. Mm -hmm. So she gives that to him and he fills up the car using that debit card at a place called Frank Oil. So this um, service station, it's like a self-service petrol station. So apparently they're like fake cameras there. They're not actual real cameras set up. (laughs) In that, yeah, I know. I feel like that could have been like so helpful, but yeah. So it's completely like there's no cameras at this servo, and it's only five minutes away from his house. And so there was a, a transaction record of him buying that petrol. Yes, on and the card. Yep, yeah, and there's a receipt later found in the car as well. Yep, of that. So that definitely took place. Um, and there are like rumors that there's footage of him from a business across the road uh okay. filling up his car and also i think a classmate had told penny his mum that they had seen him filling up that evening also okay okay so this is the last we hear of tom yep. or anyone sees him so tom had a curfew of 12 a.m yep and he was never late for this curfew so as I, like from all accounts, he's a really good boy. Like he doesn't like to drink. Like he's even his friends said that he's not a big drinker. He's not into drugs or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So straight away, his mum Penny is immediately worried. Yeah. So I think it's only like three minutes past twelve. She she had messaged him or like was like where the heck is he? You know. Yeah. Um. And even other accounts say that even if he was gonna be a little bit late, he'd always message his mum to let her know. Yeah. So she sends him two messages and the two messages are delivered to his phone. Mm-hmm. But the next ones after are not. So I'm, I'm guessing that they mustn't have like they're just not delivered and she calls his phone and it seems to be off. Mm, okay. So his text, so something she does say as well is, see, uh, this is a little bit, um, well, I did try to find a little bit of information. I don't know if he's got like the read receipts Mm. on his phone but she did say that when she saw that the messages were delivered and he didn't answer that's what worried her yeah okay so obviously um it's just after midnight around three sorry around 12 uh 15 she tells tucker his brother who's home from college and his friend is actually over as well I think they're watching movies um that obviously have you heard from Tom um he's not home yet you know I've messaged him I've called him and I can't get in touch with him mm-hmm. um so at around just so just after midnight Tom's phone sends out its final ping and this is at the Wildcat Stadium so not far from home yep. so Tucker and Penny head out separately in separate cars to look for Tom. I think they just think that he's got a flat tire. Maybe he's got an intel, like some sort of trouble. So they think like, do you know what I mean? Like they go off separately to find him. Yeah. Um, but as his phone is off and his calls are unanswered, they get start to become really worried um, and there's no sign of him. So the family contact the sheriff's department. Yeah. So it's said that I think they contact They've obviously called his uh, all his friends and things um, leading up to this, and no one has heard or like has. Sorry, they obviously call his like all his friends in between this time, like in between twelve and I'm guessing around two a.m. And nobody's heard of him, like heard from him. Um, so that everyone goes out looking for him. So it's not just at this time; it's not just Penny and Tucker looking for him. I'm pretty sure it's his friends. So it's like Michael, Christian, um, Caleb. So everyone's out, sort of, and it's a small town looking for Tom. Mm-hmm. So it's not until about like three thirty a.m. that 
the police rock up yep. to her house and a um, this deputy called Pine Gregory actually goes driving with Tucker's brother. Sorry. Yep. Tom's brother. With Tom's brother, yeah, um, Tucker. So they ride together and there is, so I am throwing this in, there is a report that Tucker sees an open gate that's usually closed, like in the town. Yeah. And asks the deputy to like go up and like let's check up here sort of thing. Like this is weird, this gate's open. And this guy, the deputy, Pine Gregory, says that he's actually going to be off shift soon and he doesn't have time to go up there to knock <sighs> it out wonder if he regrets that so oh yeah already this stinks i actually yeah, uh, yeah you know like they that and do you know what like i get that it might take like an hour and a half for them like they're just like oh he's like do you know what i mean like a young kid he's probably just do you know what i mean like playing up sort of thing like it takes them a while to get there but at the same time if his mom's reporting this so soon after and he's so worried she obviously knows her child you know what i mean like, yeah this yep. is out of the norm yeah so that morning, so I think as soon as like the sun sort of comes up. So remember I was telling you about Tom's friend, Christian? Yep. Her father actually owns a helicopter. Okay. And she convinces her father like at day, as soon as it's daylight to go up and start looking to see if they could see any sign of Tom. Yeah. So at around, um, I think it's around 8.40 a.m., they actually locate his car. Oh, okay. With the helicopter? Or? With the helicopter, yes. Okay. So, um, and it's said that when they do locate it, I think Christian's dad actually tells her not to look because they don't know what they're going to find mm. in there. Yeah. So his red Durango is located um, along like Lake Mulvin, mm-hmm. which is like a, it's like a deserted area. But I actually went on YouTube and found some really good footage um, of this location. And even though the area is sort of deserted it sort of backs onto housing so it's only like it's not far it's probably like a five minute walk to like a little housing area yeah so I wouldn't yeah I don't know like if deserted's probably the right word to use but it is like the area is sort of like yeah there's nothing around nothing around yeah exactly right um so but again it's only eight minutes from his home so about four minutes four miles from his home Okay. And his friends have said that it's not like a spot that they ever visited or that Tom ever visited. Like it's not like something that they, where they hung out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it said that his car was unlocked. The windows were down. Mm. Now there was a small mark of blood on the driver's door. Okay. But this mark of blood, apparently it was like, you know, like if you've got like if you cut your finger, it's like a swipe of blood. It's not like blood, blood. You know, yeah. um, there was also an empty twenty-five caliber shell casing found in there. Yeah, and it was like side note: Tom wasn't into guns or anything like that. Yeah. Now this is I found interesting is mm-hmm. that they've noted that there was a urine stain outside the car. What, like on the ground? Yeah, on the ground. Okay. So I found that interesting because how do they know it's we? Yeah. Do they test the we? Yeah. Um, yeah but odd. it's reported everywhere that there was like a pee stain. So I, I've got so many questions about that. Um, mm. So in Tom's car, Michael's debit card was also found. In Tom's car? 
Yes. Okay. But Tom's keys, his phone, his backpack, which and like had a laptop in it, and apparently it was quite heavy. Was all well, and obviously Tom were all missing. Yep. Okay, so this is another crazy thing. So the police department return his car to his family on the same day without doing like a thorough search of the car, without doing luminal testing, nothing. Mm. So tensions already between Penny and the sheriff. So this sheriff's name is Nathan Lewis. Um, He'd only had the job for about two months, but they'd had a bit of a run in. Mm. So Penny had actually put in a complaint against this Sheriff Nathan Lewis back in 2015 before he even worked in Canadian. Yep. So the story is that he had told Tom and, and his friends off one night um, when they were hanging out late at like a theatre and he was swearing at them like really aggressive. He'd actually separated Tom and put Tom in his car and like had like stern words with him and told him off like alone, like separated him from his friends. That's weird. So Tom had gone home and told his mum and Penny had popped in a um, complaint against him. And I've actually seen reports that he wasn't even work. As I said, he wasn't even working in Canadian at the time. So yeah, he's okay. like comes across these kids just like sort of hanging out at this theatre and he goes off at them. Like he just sounds like he's too big for his boots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he thinks he's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just... That's why he's a cop. You know, there's those cops that just need the power trip. Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. But um, so already there's quite a bit of tension between um, Tom's mum, Penny, and this guy. Um, yep. So Penny is not happy at all with the sheriff's investigation. Yep. And she contacts and hires her own big shot investigator. Yeah, this guy, my God. <laughs> what did you think of it? So let's just say this guy's name is Philip Klein and she hired him within five days of Tom's yeah. disappearance. And this guy is like was did investigation around um, Olivia Newton-John's missing husband and just thinks he is just bloody. The shit. Yeah, he does. But at the same time, like, I feel like you need this. Like See, maybe I... we just need someone to like, to like obviously we're going to get into like the sheriff's investigating and then um, the other like, do you know what I mean, clients invest- investigating, like they're completely separate investigations. Mm. But um, I do know what you mean that he was a bit of a big showboat. So, yeah. yeah, showboat. That's actually probably mm. the best um, description of him. But. Yeah, he made me just cringe. Just yeah, I just thought if I met this guy in real life, I would just I don't know, I just didn't get a good vibe. He's like, you know, you haven't seen like you, you haven't walked in my shoes and seen the sort of you don't want to see the sort of stuff I see and stuff yeah. like um yeah. Seeing... Yeah, I feel like in every conversation he had, even with Skip and other people on the podcast, he was always trying to convince everyone he was talking to how good he was. Yeah, so he did come up with some really good points, but it was always followed by, "I've got an eighty percent success rate. I've returned, you know, thousands of kids to their families. I've found people in Spain." Like he, he would never just focus on the facts. He was always trying to pump his own tires up at the same time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what so annoyed true. me. Yeah, but if he mm-hmm. does have that eighty percent success rate, which I didn't look into, yeah, then I guess he does have a bit of a big head for a good reason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But know. anyway, um, 
Yeah, he's definitely a massive character and he definitely so plucks some feathers in the town. He does, yeah. You pluck some, yeah. Ruffles, ruffles. ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this town is not into this guy, but Lewis, um, Sheriff Lewis, was pushing the narrative that Tom either ran away with an older guy, <sighs> that he yeah. committed suicide, mm. that Tom was secretly gay. Mm. And Lewis is actually the first one to sort of report and look into, which we do need to mention it, Mm. even though I don't really think it's got anything really to do with the case, but it does have something to do with their both investigations. Like both, do you know what I mean, investigators sort of did look into it. So apparently Tom did have a thing with where, like he got off on wearing nappies, like Mm -hmm. diapers. Yeah. And he, there's more than one person that comes forward to say that he had told them this, like, in confidence. I think it was Christian, wasn't it? Christian. Christian. He told Christian. And he definitely told his ex-girlfriend, Sage, Sage as well. Yeah, so my vibe was that he had told Sage and Christian this and then when the investigation happened, they told the sheriff and the sheriff just thought, like, Ching, like yeah, this it's yeah. It, like this has got to do with yeah. the investigation. But you know what? I sort of feel like the fact that he did come out and tell people, like that, is embarrassing. And do you know, each to their own. Do you know? And he mm. must have been like obviously ashamed of it, but he did speak to people he trusted yeah. about it. Yeah. So he wasn't I, completely in the dark with it. Exactly. Spoken to some people. Exactly right. And I also um, think like. This Nathan Lewis gives me real homophobic vibes. Yes. I feel like he's a real homophobe and I feel like because um, Tom was, you know, into drama and whatever, like he just made that assumption purely. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly Mm. right. And even like if he was into that sort of thing, what does that have to do with being gay? Like every one of his friends that Klein interviewed did not get any do you know what I mean? Like vibes that he was, do you know what I mean? Gay. Yeah. And even his mum says like there are times where he was like mesmerised by like the cheerleaders and like when they went to a football game and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't think that had has anything to do with this yeah. case, you know. Yeah. Um, so Klein wants to work with the police department or the sheriff's department. Yeah. But he says that he gets like bad vibes, like that they, they, do I mean, like stinking vibes straight away. That yep. they just, they don't really want anything to do with him. Like you said, that he did come in with like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm the best investigator. I'm going to solve this case. So I guess like his big personality did turn them off. Yeah. And so they didn't really want to work with him. But at the same time, they, like, they, their investigation wasn't, going well anyway yeah Yeah. it wasn't going anywhere so um yeah that's like an interesting little point so they track tom through cctv footage Mm -hmm. and it shows like obviously different events from that evening so it shows um him i think entering the um canadian middle school car park yeah and it shows them going like him leaving as well so I don't think Penny has actually, so uh, Tom's mum, Penny, I don't think she's actually seen 
all the footage, but there are there is some footage you can find online. I don't think she's seen that particular footage, but they do say that obviously the sheriff's department. I'm guessing that clients, um, the investigators have also. They just call them PIs. Um, have that footage as well, and there's not like no one tampered with his car or anything like that when yeah. it was left at the school. Yeah. Um. So throughout the night, as I said, they track his car, and his car is being being driven that evening so like from 12 a.m onwards okay um so the footage isn't clear enough to see if there's anyone in the car with him or if it's tom driving the car yeah um one really creepy thing is it is that his car drives by like let's just say like a camera like um obviously wherever whatever camera footage it's come from so his car drives by a certain street and only like minutes later i think it's within like Five or ten minutes, his brother drives by. How Chilling. freaking, yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, they also have footage of him entering the water waste area where his car is eventually found. Okay. Footage of him or footage of the car? Sorry, footage of the car entering yeah. that area. Yeah. And it's reported that he entered that um, water f- uh, f- facility, which is actually, as I said, where his car was found earlier. Um at around 6.30 a.m. A.m., wow. Yeah. And there's also footage of him, I think it's around like 6.20, like as I said, of, like I think he was really close to his home at around 6.20. So the way obviously he went through to this water plant, like he would, he was close to home as well, which is really crazy, um, that nobody, all these people were looking for him and nobody came across him. Yeah, weird. Isn't it? So it's not till two months later that his backpack is found. Okay. And it's found by an oil field worker uh, next to a barbed wire fence, again on Lake Malvern Road. Okay, but so that that was the road where he's – no. Sorry. Yep. What's so Yeah, yeah. So it's really his funny car. because all this – all this stuff is found. Like I actually looked at a map and I might even pop a map on our um, Instagram, but where everything's found, it might be along the same road, but it's really far apart. Okay. Okay. So this, this um, backpack, it's about 3.8 miles away from where his car was found. Okay. So it's quite a way. Yeah, so Tom would have had to have hiked to this location mm-hmm. um, with a heavy, like obviously his backpack was quite heavy. He wasn't like outdoorsy at all. The backpack was like indented in the ground and the pages in there like were wet and moldy, so it had been there for a really long time. Yeah, okay. Was the laptop in there, do we know? Yes, it was. Okay. But it had not, there was no evidence or anything found on the laptop that um, gave us, like, any clues as to what happened that night. Yeah. Uh, Tucker had said, though, that that area had been searched, mm. like, in, like, the days, uh, get, I guess, after Tom's disappearance. He thinks that the backpack was placed there after he'd be, he had disappeared. Okay. Um, and another interesting fact, is that the sheriff wouldn't let Klein's sniffer dogs near it. So who knows? So many that... egos. I know. There's so many egos in this I story. Know. It's so frustrating. Isn't it actually? Mm. 
So now months and months go by and the sheriff is still spreading really nasty rumours. Um, as I said, he was, I think he's still on the same rumours that he's run away, that, you know, that um, he's gay, that uh, I, I don't think that the suicide rumour comes into play till a little bit later, but um, they're sort of, the sheriff's just not into, I guess, thinking that foul play is involved. Yeah, but he's not even zoning in on one theory. Like, did he run away? Did he get suicide? Like, figure figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> he exactly can't even right. stick to one story. And do you know what's really funny? So Penny, Tom's mum, reports that the police or the sheriff showed her a close-up photo yeah. of Tom at the service station that night. But the photo, it wasn't taken from, like, a CCTV um camera it looked like it like someone had taken it ah yeah so the pi like klein won't comment about this photo like they're remaining remaining tight-lipped and the sheriff refuses that he ever showed her this photo but she's like he that was a hundred percent tom it was 100% the night of his disappearance because he was wearing the same clothes and he 100% showed me a photo of him at the service station. Mm. So that's, I guess, side note. Um, the police, sorry, I, oh, I know I keep, I'm probably confusing the crap out of everyone because I keep saying police, sheriff. In my head, I feel like it's the same thing. But when I say police, I mean the sheriff's department. Yeah. Yep. Um, they ask Penny for the pin number on Tom's phone, even though the phone is missing. And then they later say they never asked her for the pin number. Oh. And she, again, says they definitely have asked her. And the way this all comes out is because Penny then goes along like an art. Uh, she didn't have the pin number. So she asks, she reaches out to Tom's friends. Yeah. And then Tom's friends come back and they're, they're like, we don't know the pin number or whatever. And then I'm not sure how this gets out. But, again, someone from the sheriff's department's like, why is Penny asking yeah. for the pin number? Like, if there's no phone. And then she's like, because you guys asked me, like, there's this big confusion about this pin number. But the reason why this is really important is because his phone is actually found. Yeah. So... The way the phone is found is Klein and his team, they're taking, um, like, obviously there's, like, reward money involved and they're just getting a crap load of, like, rumours pretty much or just people obviously want to try to collect the money. So they're, like, filtering through a crap load of information. Yeah. Um, but something comes through that sort of triggers them to think we should look into this. Oh, Yeah. Um, so they put like a team together to go and search this area uh, through this tip that they received. And then this search that they organise is like people apply and they pick people. Yeah. So it's not like just anyone can rock up. They're, they're screening all these people. Exactly that are, right. That are in the search. Yes. And not only that, but they – so. Tom's family don't even know where this search is going to take place. They have no idea. Yeah. The sheriff's department, I think, find out two days before mm -hmm. where they'll be searching. Yeah. 
Um, so as I said, so Klein and his team, they're sure that there's been foul play. And one of the things they did do, so I'll get back to this search in a moment is they actually tested the car and find that there's more blood in there with the aluminum, aluminum. I can never say that. Yeah. Um, so, um, not like a lot of blood, but they do find more blood like blood in that car so they're sure that something's happened so obviously they're like really like filtering through all these um reports and things that are coming through so they get this report they think all right let's go look at this because there's something is up with this particular tip so they go there and right away like i think it's like within like within the hour like i could even say within like the half an hour a mobile phone is found and it started the search area as well. Yes. Yeah. But the thing with this phone is, again, there's so it's so hard to filter through the info, but Tom's mum swears that Tom's phone was gold. Yeah. But the phone at the scene was rose gold. That, oh, it's the other way. No, I'm pretty sure the, the phone at the scene is rose gold. It looked brand new as well. So it was undamaged. So this is in November 2017 this phone is found. Yeah, a year later. Yes. No water damage. That little thing in the phone that, like, do you know what I mean? If your phone's wet, hasn't been activated, it has been raining. It's been, like, sitting there for a year. Mm. But this phone is randomly just, like, thrown into, like, it, it pretty much looks planted, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, so, like, apparently they take it and test it and they say that it is Tom's phone. Okay. Now, when this happens, uh, the narrative sort of changes to suicide. Narrative. What did I say? Yeah, narrative. Yeah, narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Changes um, to suicide. So not with Klein, Klein and his uh, team, but with the sheriff's department. They're like, okay, he's committed suicide because they say that this phone shows that he was Googling uh, suicide, suicide hotline that evening at like 9.20. With his phone on, um, I think, you know how you can change, flip your phone to like private when no one can see what you're Googling? Yeah. So apparently he'd done it in on a private mode. Um, they also say, now this is why I mentioned that song earlier on. Um, the reason why I yeah, did mention that song earlier on is because they think that that song that Tom requested Christian to play was like making peace with like dying. <laughs> yeah and making yeah peace with death now something that i haven't mentioned is that tom's grandfather actually committed suicide so it's sort of like this mental health does run in his family so this is penny's father yeah but penny never told her boys where he committed suicide yeah because one of the rumors is he was hiking to get to the same place mm. where his father committed suicide yeah um also, something I haven't mentioned is when Tom first goes missing, Penny does mention, like, I think they ask her, like, could he have committed suicide? Or I don't know who's brought it up, but she had said, like, he could have. Like, obviously, young yeah. boys are under a lot of pressure. Um, he hasn't, like, do you know I mean? he hasn't decided on a, a college or anything like that. So, and she had mentioned that he could have committed suicide and he could have committed suicide by playing, I think there's like a game. Oh, the choking uh, game. Yeah, which is random. But I guess she's in shock and she's just thinking, 
of things she's heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kids do. So I don't read that much into that interview, but obviously the sheriff does. does yeah. Yeah. So in 2018, the sheriff, sorry, the general attorney's office take over the investigation from the sheriff's department. Okay. Uh, so I'm quite sure that Penny pushes for this because they're, they're stuck on the um, suicide sort of narrative. Yeah. Um, so it's the general or the GA and Klein's investigation. So they're both investigating at the time. And the GA's office makes Klein and Lewis both take polygraphs. Yeah. So I'm quite sure that Klein and his team pass the polygraph, whereas Lewis actually fails the polygraph, <laughs> which is, this is Sheriff Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So he seems to think that he failed because the question was like, are you involved in Tom's disappearance? Yeah. And he's like, no, but I am because I'm investigating. So that, that question threw him off. Yeah, but um, that's still a weird answer. It is a weird answer. But in saying this, can I tell you, just this is – complete side note even if i was innocent i would not take a polygraph Mm. i just think there is no benefit like it can't even be used in court you know what i mean like what's the point of taking it yeah but anyway that's just me (laughs) um okay so january 9th 2019 so this is two years later yeah Tom Brown's body is found near Lake Malvern. Oh gosh, Malvern. Lake Mal- Marvin. Why can I not say that? Lake Marvin Road. Yep. So that's where his. It's uh, all along. Yes. Yeah. So it's sort of all along. It's like a sort of. I'm going to pop a map up, but it's like all along the same road, but they are miles apart. Yep. Um, so, like, as I said, his body was found 14 miles away um, and he's from the car, from the truck. Yeah. And his backpack was four miles away. So this is a big, do you know what I mean, distance. It's mm. not like he just could have walked there, you know. And also, so there were no, there were no signs of gunshot wounds. Yeah. Um, and according to Penny, this area the police advised her that it's not to be searched. Why? Exactly right. And this is even weirder. Guess who found his body? Reported, reported. Because I don't think it's like complete like released that he found his body, but this is what's reported. Oh, the guy that drove Tucker around. Yes. What was his name? Pine. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Pine is a Gregory. I think it was Pine, Pine Gregory. Gregory. Yeah. So this guy, this is the story, right? He was mm. on shift. Yeah. He's cruising around at 2 a.m. Yep. He sees a deer trail and thinks, hmm, I'd like some antlers. So he, oh. yeah. So he goes looking for deer antlers but discovers Tom's body under a tree. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a story. Exactly. And this is the same guy that didn't want to go up that little passage where Tom's car was originally found. Do you remember? He was he was driving mm. with Tucker. This is the same guy, right? So something is just completely off here. So, so even, even if this story was true, right, he did want some antlers or whatever, 
it's still yeah. inappropriate while you're on shift to go and kill an animal. <laughs> exactly. So either way, he's he's it's inappropriate. So that exactly. story's not helping him. And do you know this is like another interesting point, right? So I was looking at there's actually a really good it's like on YouTube, but they're called the Unfound Podcast Channel. Mm-hmm. They have such good footage. Lockie, this is all I've been doing, like Tom Brown case, and I feel like I'm not going to stop looking into this case. Yes. But um, they actually show you like e- where everything is. And one of the things they show you is obviously where his body is found. And if you see that, I don't even know how sheriff towns work or whatever, but if you see where his body is found and where Canadian is, it's freaking ages away. So what the heck is this little sheriff guy doing yeah. so far away from the town he's meant to be on shift for? Yeah. But I, maybe I'm wrong because I haven't really heard that in many, like, podcasts or interviews or anything. But I just feel like when I saw how far away it was from the town, I don't know what the heck this guy was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's very fishy. It is. So little side note here. Soon, uh, well, actually, I think it was only a few days after Tom's body was found. I'm putting this in there, Michael. So you know how he had been with Michael earlier that evening, and yeah. Michael's debit card was found in Tom's car. Yeah, his dad committed suicide. Really? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. That's it's probably nothing, but obviously because people are, I guess, looking at the picture as a whole, and I guess he was with him that night, some people or there are theories that maybe he had something to do with it and he was, like, riddled with guilt. Um, but in saying that, I I heard uh, Michael's mum speak about how he had been suffering from depression, um, had nothing to do with it at all, and obviously what the family's been going through. Um, but, yeah, I just thought I would put that in there because it is part of the story. Yeah. Um, so in, so, sorry, at the, so as I said, the AGs so the attorney general's office had taken over the investigation, Yeah. but they end up suspending it. They say that they cannot determine the cause of death, which I think is absolute bullshit. I'm not talking about like how he died, but they can't determine whether it was suicide or no, whether it was or, yeah, mm. foul play. Yeah. Um, so they, they seem to confirm this suicide hotline thing that happened that e- evening, which I personally, I don't know why, I just don't believe that. Like yeah. he was cruising around with his friends. Like even if he did, like is that even his phone? Like I, I just yeah. don't know. There's too many questions surrounding that particular point. Um, they do think that the phone being found undamaged didn't add up. Yeah. Along with the amount of walking Tom would have had to have done that night. Yeah. Um, my personal, I just want to do put this, I want to put this in there. So remember we're going, let's go back to like where, when his car was found. So let's just say it was dropped off at 6.30 AM that morning. It was still dark. I checked. So it was dark for another hour. Yeah. So around 7.30, uh, Christian or 7.30 to 8 o'clock, Christian and her dad go up in his helicopter and find the car. They were up in that helicopter he could not have walked that far and it was daylight without yeah. being seen. Yeah. So that's why I'm just so not sold on that theory. And even if he was, let's just say he was walking around during the night, someone was still driving his car around. 
Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. And so the sheriff to this day, like if we listen, so the podcast we uh, were speaking about at the start is called Tom's Brown, Tom Brown's Body. Yeah. Um, this sheriff is still like <sighs> spinning shit about his mum, about Penny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, maybe this is why I like Klein a little bit more than that sheriff. When he was talking, my blood was boiling how rude he was to, to Tom's mum. Yeah. He, he just seems like a bit of a, a slug. Yes. <laughs> how I describe him. Yeah. You know what he says? He thinks that Tom committed suicide, right? And Penny was so embarrassed that oh. she moved his body. This is what the sheriff thinks and that she had Tom's mobile. That's why she was asking for the pin and tossed it out when, when they were about to start their search. Yeah. And Penny's response is like, if I was embarrassed, how could I move his body? Like how, how could I actually physically do that and why would I do that? Like why, why would, would I not give him a, a proper goodbye? Yeah. Like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And to be honest, like everything he's got against her, everything he's saying against her, there is a real good, like, there is a very real reason that it could be because of him. Like mm-hmm. he's saying he committed suicide. Well, he came up with that narrative. They're saying he did this suicide hotline, but it was a phone that was clearly planted there. So even if it was orchestrated by the police department, they could have just been like, okay, he's committed suicide. So let's put this on his phone. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense. And she's gone and out of her own pocket paid a shitload of money to get this big mm-hmm. shot client. Inv- like if you did that, why would you be pushing for someone else to investigate it? Yeah. And this sheriff's like, well, Klein works for her. So she's paying him. So technically if he finds stuff, like she, he's working for her. But Klein says, listen, like I am working for her, but if I find evidence, like mm. Tom's technically his client, not Penny. Does that make sense? Like if he yeah. finds evidence that Penny's guilty, then he's going to go public with that evidence. And I think um, the Attorney General's office also found that Penny had, it was definitely not, giving all the information as well. So she had asked for the case to be handed over to them. They took it over and they actually said, okay, I, I, we don't think you're being 100% truthful. Yeah. So can I tell you, sorry, just on that. So one of the things, because Penny um, and I'm quite sure Tom's stepfather actually took polygraphs. And yeah. one of the questions, this is before Tom's body was found, and one of the questions was, "Are you? do you communicate with Tom or are you in... Like, do you have like something along those lines, right? Yeah. And I don't know if she answered. She must have answered no, right? Because obviously she doesn't. But she had, this is actually heartbreaking. She had been messaging Tom, like his phone, yeah, like all that time. And like I actually heard some of the stuff that she was messaging him. It was like, you know, like, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, or this, like, do you know what I mean? I went to your high school, not reunion, like, um, what's it called? graduation today, um, like you, like she was just messaging him like she was talking to him. So whether mm. that's thrown off the polygraph or what it is, like the, she had failed that area of it. So they assumed that she had something to do with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I do know actually, sorry, I was going to say, I don't know what their evidence is as in why what she was lying about or what info she hadn't given them. <clears throat> But I do know that there is a grand jury um, set originally. I think it was like for 2020. I'm guessing it's 2021 because I 
search. I could not find anything on it. Yeah. Um, but that will be quite interesting, I guess, to see what comes of that. Yeah, interesting. So that is that like similar like here when someone's been missing and they have to determine whether they're the case stays open or if, yeah, is that, what that is yeah, yeah. I think so, and I think because um Klein has said that they have like I think they've got a theory and they said they will not be talking about it till the grand jury. So they've got suspects and everything. So I cannot wait to see because his team obviously is still working on it. Um, what they've what info and what evidence they've popped together because in the podcast he says towards the end he says he thinks that um someone in the car they were playing around with guns and, and accidentally accidentally shot him. shot him but even yeah. though he had no gunshot wounds in on his body yeah so I know. that doesn't make sense <laughs> it it doesn't so you know um so, but wait, before we get into theories, I do want to tell you some big good news. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that Lewis, that sheriff, that dodgy guy, resigned. Yeah. But I think, it, he, like, they made him resign in uh, 2019 because he was falsifying records. This shows what sort of man this guy is. He was falsifying yeah. records for his team. I think there's, like, heaps of stuff. Like, he de- deleted footage from that <laughs> evening. Like the, that whole investigation was screwed because of this yeah. guy, like the job that this guy did. But happy to tell you that he's no longer the sheriff. Cool. Um, but we should definitely, I would love to hear your theory mm. on what you think happened. Um, so mine is a bit boring. Okay. I think it was like someone went to rob him Ooh. in the car and um, killed him and then freaked out and then, were driving around that night trying to figure out what to do, had his backpack and his phone because that was probably the intention. They wanted to steal his phone and his wallet and his laptop and then freaked out thinking this kept like, you know, too many people know about this and they just dumped it. But I also think that there's probably a good chance that they were local and that they maybe were aware of all like the investigation that Klein was doing and like they were staying up to date with everything. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my my theory. It's nothing too crazy, but um, yeah, I definitely think foul play for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say I definitely think foul play. I don't. It's obviously something that's happened between, like, at that petrol station, or like, no one ever talks about his actual phone records between mm. eleven thirty. Uh, sorry, yeah, eleven thirty p.m. and twelve a.m. As in. He had half an hour before he got home and he was only a few minutes away from his house. Did, like, someone – did someone leave something in his car? Mm. Did he, like – do you know what I mean? Did something happen where he quickly thought, I'll drop this off or I'll quickly see – do you know what I mean? This person or have it – or catch up with this person or whatever it is. I'll pick this up. Um, Something's gone wrong. I definitely think the sheriff – there's honestly – I the way that a sheriff talks about his mum Mm. there is no respect there yeah and I feel like he has something to do with it I'm not saying that he did it but I don't know if someone someone's kid which I think is one of the theories anyway someone's kids done this by accident or on purpose or something's gone wrong Tom's died they've I think this as I said this is one of the theories they've contacted their parent the sheriff's like they're obviously like a well-known family or they've got a lot of like power in Canadian and the sheriff's 
a greedy motherfucker to help. Yeah. To help. And um, one theory I saw from that unfounded uh, podcast on YouTube, and I think this is a great theory, is that the reason why, think about how many people were out driving around looking for Tom that evening. The reason why no one ran into him that night is because his car was at that Lake Melbourne. Mm, okay. Dropping off the body. Yeah. It waited around till like as long as it could. And then it makes its way back into town. Yeah. Goes, drives up um, to where it's found, which as I said, it's not far from his house. And that's where a lot of the footage is around. Like I think the footage I saw was like 6.23 or whatever it is. That it enters there. They drop off the car there. And then, as I said, there were houses. So if you actually go onto this guy's YouTube, you can see that you could walk not far, jump a fence, and there's like houses there. Yeah. And if it's someone from the area, you could easily just, like, even if someone, I'm pretty sure there are some suspects that live in that little block, Mm. which I don't know if their names aren't public, but um, he does mention it in this um, thing that I watched. Um, So they've just sort of, they're able to run home. And then later on, do you know what I mean? Like if Tucker said that his backpack wasn't there when they searched, whether it's a few days later, they want it to look like suicide because what are you going to – I feel like if he just disappears and his backpack and phone or whatever are missing, then everyone's going to be like, how is that suicide? Whereas if you start spreading things along a road, mm-hmm. it looks like he's just sort of like dropping pieces as he goes. Yeah. So you don't think that the sheriff actually did it? You just think he knew what happened? You know, I, w- I honestly mm. wouldn't be surprised if the sheriff did it because yeah, I feel I like be he's like – he, like, I know this is really bad, but you know how he keeps talking about how, he, how he's gay and you think he's a bit homophobic? Yeah. How about if he runs into him or if he pulls him over? Yeah, and he, and he just thought I mean? this kid, like, yeah, you know, I, that would not surprise me. And he's got it. And don't forget, this, is this as in Tom's already put in a complaint against him. Mm. So he's probably like, I'm going to teach this kid a little lesson. Yeah. Something's happened. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. So... Freaking a sad case. I mm-hmm. really hope some evidence comes out um, at the grand jury. Hopefully, we'll, we'll if just it, keep updated. Yeah, I think we'll do like a little update when it does go ahead. Um, but very interesting case, and I definitely yes. suggest if you're into like you know if this episode has got you, I would definitely obviously listen to Tom Brown's body mm-hmm. um, and that unfound podcast channel on youtube is great for the footage has heaps of information um and yeah cool um but yeah it was very sad it is sad case Mm. um so yeah that wraps us up for this week karina it does um so if anyone has a case they want us to cover send us a message on instagram our our instagram (laughs) handle is at caffeine crime and canines Yes, and leave us a would love for you to rate and review us. Um, obviously, subscribe and to help us out, tell your friends. I feel like that's probably yes. the best way to help us out. Yeah, and uh, follow us on Spotify and all those other things <laughs> that yes. you can do. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, and everyone so- in Melbourne as well. Oh, yes. Take care over the next week. You can binge all our, binge all yeah. our episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, only seven days. It's going to be seven days. And, hey, happy 10th episode anniversary, Lockie. Is it? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Who would have thought? 
10 episodes. It's flown. And there's a lot more to come. (laughs) We have a lot of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.